welcome to the Bayma Podcast with Marty Solomon. I am his co-host, Brent Billings. Today we'll be talking about what we hope to accomplish with this podcast in the years to come. So welcome, Marty. Thank you. It's good to be here. This is kind of a, a pilot episode, so we're not going to be here too long, but we just kind of want to talk about the story uh, that started Bayma. What, uh, what set this whole thing off in motion? Well, like a lot of people, this would probably be the shorter version of this story without all the nitty-gritty details. But like a lot of people, I had a, um, I had my own, I don't know if you want to call it a crisis of faith necessarily. I had a moment where I realized that the story as I had been handed it, and by that I mean the story of the text, the story of faith, um, the, just the experience of growing up in the church, which I had my whole life, uh, wasn't working for me anymore. And, uh, wasn't necessarily that I had a, a space to process that. I didn't have a space to ask a lot of those questions or a space because all the spaces just said the same thing. And I didn't know what to do with a lot of that stuff. And so through the course of that um, just learning experience, I had uh, I ran into uh, a few teachers. Um, one of them was a teacher I had had even as a uh, a younger child and never realized exactly who he was, but came back around to him later. His name was Ray Vanderlaan, uh, based out of Michigan. And he had done a bunch of videos I had studied uh, as I was younger. And all the teachers that I was studying at that point that seemed to be offering me something that helped uh, was looking at the scriptures through a, a much more Jewish hermeneutic. Um, they were looking at it through this perspective of, this is a Jewish book written by Jewish authors to a Jewish audience. Uh, and they're asking just a different set of questions, which made a, a whole lot more sense to me. So through that, I, I got back connected with Ray and, uh, and that was a really big journey. I remember in 2008, getting to go study over in Israel for the first time and then returning in 2010 to go back to Israel and then go to Turkey. And, uh, I remember coming back from those trips with this, I'm a teacher by, and people will figure that out if they don't know me real quickly, but I am a teacher at heart. And I had all of this new, not just data, but all of this new learning I wanted to share. Um, and I had a new perspective on discipleship that I wanted to try and had a really hard time figuring out where I was going to do that within the church. And, and so just through the struggle of trying to figure out what would that look like uh, I remember at one point um, uh, there had been some guys from an organization called Impact Campus Ministries that had been asking me to come on board, and I had no desire to do campus ministry whatsoever. Um, but then years later, as I went through this uh, kind of uh, finding myself kind of a moment, um, I remember lamenting to God, like, what I really want is I want a group of people that are adults but they're not really adults yet. Like they, they can think for themselves, but they don't have mortgages. And they don't. And it struck me that the demographic I was really talking about was college students. So I, I joined Impact Ministries um, in 2010. I was hired and moved up here to the Palouse and started a program that we called Baymaw Discipleship. And uh, my heart was to try out some of these ideas, um, to try to get as... I don't know if I would say as close, but to get closer to what we see in first century discipleship. When I learned in Israel about first century discipleship, I thought we could be doing that 
here today. It would work in our culture, at least some of the ideas. So um, that's what I wanted to start. And so a big piece of that was uh, doing a study, uh, uh, a two-year study where we would deconstruct our understanding of the scriptures because that's what had to happen for me. I remember when I went to Israel, I had to, I had a file cabinet of images and I had to dump them all out and start all over again. And it took me a while to come to grips with that. Um, but that's what I had to do. And I knew we couldn't do this program without trying to do some of the same things with the students. And so we wanted to create a space, uh, where we could ask some of those questions we could deconstruct our understanding of the scriptures, and we could learn how to ask better questions as we read the Bible. So that's what uh, Bema, that's where it kind of started and, and the desires that drove it. So the, the Jewish hermeneutic that you uh, kind of stumbled upon, that's fairly new in the church. Somewhat. Yeah, it's kind of been around, but we didn't really know. Um, as far as I understand the conversation, we didn't really know what to do with it. There's a guy by the name of Jacob Neusner that in a lot of ways uh, we're all indebted to. He was this Jewish scholar, and he was—this uh, is really oversimplified, by the way—but uh, he, was, he was trying to figure out the evolution of Jewish thought he believed had been impacted by Christian thought. And so he had brought these Christians into the Jewish conversation to try to get their perspectives. And again, oversimplified, that conversation evolved to the— to the place where the Christian scholars, they were really Catholic scholars, uh, were, to be more specific, they were asking the questions, why are you asking us about this? And through that conversation, Neusner was able to explain, well, 2,000 years ago, Jews thought this, but now we think this, and we think that your thought influenced that, which made the Catholics, Christian scholars say, well, wait a minute. If, if Jews thought that 2,000 years ago, that's the Judaism of Jesus. That changes what we should understand about what Jesus taught. And it started this larger conversation that ever since then, ever since the 70s when Neusner did this, he, uh, scholarship, Jewish and Christian scholarship really always has worked in tandem like that. Um, and because of that, it always takes about 30 to 40 years for the world of scholarship to start to impact the 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 world that you and I live in every single day and the information age is, is only speeding up that process. But yeah, that's, that's kind of the background of where we came, came across that. We just didn't talk. It sounds ridiculous, but we, we just didn't talk. The two groups didn't talk for 1800 years. And that sounds like nonsense, but when you go back and you look at, at uh, history, it's, it's unfortunately the truth. So I'd say that's that's a big part of what uh, Bema is all about, is bringing that Jewish perspective to the Christian church, uh, raising up a new generation of people who, who understand how to study. Uh, what else would you say that uh, Bema seeks to accomplish, or that you hope it accomplishes at least? I would say uh, we have four—I I, kind of have a, a tongue-in-cheek reference to four pillars within my Bema program that I hope— um, I hope my program always kind of drives that. Uh, pillar number one, I would say, is the text. I want to have a better understanding of the Bible and the scriptures. Uh, number two is um, community. Uh, I want to, I really want to understand the importance of community in a world that's very individualistic, especially here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, 
the third pillar we always would call discipleship. Um, I want to pursue discipleship the way that Jesus pursued discipleship. And then that fourth pillar um, I would call wrestling. And when we talk about the Bayma podcast and, and what we're talking about here, I would say pillars one and four is really what I would talk about. Um, Bayma, the whole reason I called it Bayma, if you study the different parts of a synagogue, there's a platform in the center of a synagogue that's called Bayma. It's just going to be three or four inches, the slightly raised platform, and that's where you read the text from. And if you study ancient synagogue, the one thing that you see is that it's always in the center. It's not up front with a stage like our Greek audience-driven uh, venues. The Bema and the ancient synagogue, the synagogues of Jesus' day, uh, sat in the middle because the whole community came and gathered around the text. And that placement of the Bema alone spoke volumes. And I, I hope that this study isn't about my opinions. I hope it's not about doctrines. I hope it's not about creeds. I hope it's not. What I hope we do is we come here, we peel open the text, and we start to ask better questions about what the Bible is trying to say. And I hope we center this whole thing, not around any of our opinions, uh, but around the text itself. And the second thing I would say, uh, that fourth pillar, um, wrestling, that's really, really important. And uh, for me to create a space where it is okay, it is okay to ask the questions. It's it's all right to wrestle with stuff that doesn't sit well because that stuff that doesn't sit well with us as we read the Bible is often the stuff that's where that's where all the treasure is lied uh, is laying buried under the surface. Um, so this is a safe this is a safe space, um, not necessarily a podcast. Of course, the podcast is, but the discussion groups that will come out of this podcast. My desire is that there's no question that we can't ask. There's no, there's nothing we can't wonder about. There's nothing we can't wrestle with because there's not many spaces in the church uh, where we get to do that. And so I really, my, one of my big hopes is that we can preserve that. And that's tricky. To be honest, it's a tricky dance in the church because um, wrestling is dangerous and uh, it's hard to figure out how to do that well and figure out how to do it with humility. Um, and, and it probably one day, <laughs> probably one day isn't going to work quite like we want it to anymore. Um, but until then, uh, I want to do everything I can to create those spaces because they were so important to me on the rare occasion I could find them. And uh, so that's what I hope Bema is. Well, and that's what the other two pillars come into. The community yeah. and the discipleship, that's where the wrestling takes place. That's where... If you're wrestling by yourself, you're probably going to wander off into some dark corner and you're not going to know how to get out of it. Right. So that's why the other two pillars are so important. Right. Absolutely. And we won't, you know, Bayma's not designed. There are some other components of my larger ministry where we try to create some community. Um, Bayma's not designed to provide the community, but I sure hope that through our study, we're going to really be able to appreciate the power of community, the power of relationship and why it's so important. And I would say the same thing about discipleship. This podcast and coming to the discussion groups is most definitely not discipleship. But maybe we will study discipleship and understand it in a way 
that when we leave these conversations, we'll know what it is we're supposed to pursue. And uh, so, yeah, the, all four pillars are at play here. So as far as this podcast is concerned, we're going we're gonna to start from the earliest parts of the Old Testament. We're going to walk all through that. We're going to go through uh, the period between the Testaments, the New Testament, the early church, and church history all the way through today uh, by the time we're done with this. But as far as someone listening to this podcast, how does this how does this work? Right. The listening is the first step. Then what does someone do from there? Right. Yeah. So we definitely have, we're going to do this podcast and I think what we decided to call sessions. We're going to have session one and session two and go through this whole study in chunks. Um, but the, what we're planning on doing is we're trying to put out content that you can listen to every week. We used to have a study where we would teach and discuss all in the same space. And it was good. Uh, it was really good. But um, it was also difficult in a couple areas, and it was time-consuming. And based on my job and how it's been changing, what we wanted to do is we wanted to go to a uh, podcast format where we can put out some well-produced content, and every week you can listen to those things. And then we can come and have a space just purely dedicated to discussion. So if you live here on the Palouse, you're going to find um, a discussion group in Moscow, and you're going to find a discussion group in Pullman. That's Moscow, Idaho, That's and Moscow, Pullman, Idaho. Washington. Yeah, absolutely. For our international That's listeners. That's right. For our huge international crowd. Hey, who knows? Um, but uh, even if you're not on the Palouse, the other reason that we're doing this is because we do have a lot of listeners from around the country. Um, we've got a big group in uh, in Indiana, we've got a group in New York. I hear, I get emails from people all the time. I don't even know how they found our old recordings, um, but they listen. and And the old recordings were not designed for people that weren't able to be a part of community. And uh, so this is designed where there's going to be content you can listen to. And if you're not on the Palouse, you can start your own discussion group. And uh, I know it will feel like you don't have a teacher. But it's really not about the teacher because it's not about me and my opinions. It's about learning how to ask better questions and wrestle with it, as you said, in community. Um, so that's the idea. You should have every week, there will either be one to three podcasts. Um, some weeks we might have two or three podcasts and break up the content. Sometimes we might just have one larger podcast uh, that will be 20, 30 minutes long. And, um, but there will always be content you can listen to, and hopefully you can find a place to discuss it. And hopefully that place can be a safe space. And uh, and we'll see what God does with it. Uh, it seems like that kind of wraps it up for now. You got anything else you want to add? Not necessarily. Uh, you can find uh, all kinds of stuff online. If you want to know more about Impact Campus Ministries, uh, you can find us at impactcampusministries.com. I happen to be the president of Impact Campus Ministries. And um, we're a national campus ministry organization, uh, national nonprofit. And... Um, you can find out more there. And uh, we're going to have a website up and rolling, an updated website up and rolling soon. We have our old one, baymadiscipleship.org, but uh, we're going to revamp that, it sounds like, with our new podcast and get uh, some good material out there. Yeah, so if you live on the Palouse, we hope you join us for our discussion groups in Moscow on Tuesday or in Pullman on Wednesday. If you want to get a hold of Marty, you can find him on Twitter at Marty Solomon, and that's three O's in your last name, right? S-O-L-O-M-O-N. Just like the king, baby. And you can find me on Twitter at E-I-B-C-B. You can find more details about the show at BaymaDiscipleship.org. Bayma is B-E-M-A, discipleship.org. And thanks for joining us on the Bayma podcast. We'll talk to you again soon. Bayma.